Hello, everybody, and welcome to Casa de los Broke Boys. <laughs> we have a great show for you today. I am the king of the dumpster, the prince of dirtness, Kurt the Hurt, here with my man Livic, the philosopher. In the studio, we have Mr. B-Boy Translate. He's producing the show. You can't see him, and he doesn't want to be on the mic because uh, yeah, he hates you guys, but we love you. Um, yes, before we, we get started, please smash the like button and the subscribe button and all that other shit. Um, and yeah, if there's any other good buttons, those stars or whatever, I don't know. Whatever is a good button, press that and don't press the bad button. <laughs> cool. If you could do that, that'd be great. And if you hate me, make a comment down below. That'd be dope. Or if you love it, cool. Today, give you a round, give a round of applause for uh, my man Surf Boogie. Yeah, the tallest man alive. <laughs> He's like ten feet tall. He's literally a giant. What's up, man? How Seven you feet of funk. That's what they call me. <laughs> Seven feet of funk, dude. That's for real. That should be your real name. Seven feet of funk. <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> oh, man. So how are you doing, dude? I haven't seen you in a while. I'm doing good. It's an honor to be here with you, man. Yeah, I've been trying to get you on the show for a minute. I know. You're too busy surfing away. I know. I've been a recluse lately. I've been, uh, been uh, going out to the river and going to the ocean and going to lakes and dope. swimming a lot. No, that's good. You're getting perfect in, weather for that. Getting in touch with yourself and have you been surfing though, boogieing though, you know, boogie boarding and surfing? I, I haven't. I'm working my way back to that. I had a pretty gnarly injury last year. Oh, that's year, right. So, yeah, um, getting my balance back. But I am ready now. I'm currently ready to go try it again. Just, mm. I just uh, need the right crew to come with me. So I don't know. I wish I could surf because I would be part yeah. of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I can't surf. Could skateboard though but not well <laughs> if you can skate you can surf i was able to wakeboard a long time ago uh a little bit i got broke off though but it was fun <laughs> anyways dude so obviously uh you are a popper um, people have known you for a long time i knew you um as a b-boy mm. um that's when i first met you can you talk a little bit about like your history in this dance in this hip-hop world and i guess how you got started with it I got started with Michael Jackson. I was a little kid. I saw him do like the moonwalk, the backslide, I should say. The real real name is the backslide. Mm. I seen him hit that move and I just wanted to be him. So I, I looked up to Michael Jackson, uh, Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson, Bruce Dude, all Lee. The all the mics. All the mics. I looked up to three mics and then Bruce, Bruce Lee, you know? And uh, they really shaped who I was as a child. Michael is a hype name, actually. Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> good <laughs> Michaels, of actually. I never thought about that, but yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and so you were looking up to all of them, and that's kind of how you got into this? Yeah, but, but Michael, I would copy his moves. And, you know, if I saw him, like, on a music video or something, I saw a move I'd like, I would just rewind it over and over and watch the same move a hundred times uh -huh. until I could do it myself. I eventually came to, to eighth grade dance doing that, and it was kind of played out or after oh, me like yo what are you like doing this seven foot dude is <laughs> yeah. Trying to do yeah they're like you need to learn how to backspin you need to oh, learn okay. how to head spin you you know where's so your you got a break. Did you, so did you know all that was hip-hop or like how did you find that out no bro all I, all I had seen before at that time was uh this very famous street performer in san francisco he goes by the name of harry berry rest in peace mm. uh, he was like the original silver man out there oh yeah 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 yeah, man, Harry Berry, he was a trip, man. Like, I, I remember seeing him when I was a real little kid. I think I, I might have been uh -huh. in uh, third or fourth grade, around 93, 94. 
Yeah, okay. And my parents had brought me out there around holiday season. And we're walking around San Francisco, and I see this crowd of people. And I see this tall dude in the silver suit standing amongst everybody in this crowd. I'm a little-ass kid. So I part ways through the crowd, and I come up to the, to the front. And Harry's doing this thing, standing on top of a milk crate. And he looks at me, and he does the lean like Michael Jackson does the lean. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, bro, he was on the milk crate. And the milk crate teetered up onto onto one side. <laughs> what the heck? While he was doing the lean, balanced on that thing, came in and looked at me in the eye like this. <laughs> oh, shit. Got it's just like, the, bro, he this got dude all has the way. magic. What? That's magic. Crazy. Kurt. He put his hand out, put his glasses down, and went like this. Put that mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. in that hand, mm-hmm. though. <laughs> I showed you that money. I gave you magic. Now give me that money. Dude, <laughs> it was the, the clean to this day, the cleanest lean I have ever seen. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think in that very moment, I knew I was like, I'm going to do that when I grow up. I want to do that. What? And was it? I know some of these street performers actually have some crazy shoes that let them do it. Was that just a pure lean? That was just a pure lean and a balance on a, on a milk crate. That's crazy. From the back of a grocery store. <laughs> you know? Like, and was he silver at that time too? Yeah, yeah. Like, Dang, and then I'd seen him one more time out there as a little kid during Christmas time. Him, He has a son named Josiah. Mm-hmm. And he was young at the time. Josiah was like knee high, you know? But they were both dressed up like Santa Claus. And they were doing a routine together. That song, Whip It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, old school song. Uh, Gap Band, I think, right? No, no, no. No, no Devo. Oh, okay. You've got to whip it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whip yeah, it okay. good. Yeah, that old school song. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, bro, they went off. It was magical, like you said. Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn, so dude. I hadn't I hadn't been exposed to like the b-boy scene. I hadn't been exposed to anything besides Michael Jackson and seeing a few street performers. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I got to high school, they were like, yeah, you're, you're whack. You need to learn how to spin. So <laughs> learn how to spin. Do you remember the first competition you went like and you battled a poppy and yeah. you caught, caught someone out? No, my first competition I ever entered was a b-boy battle in 2002. I, en- I entered with a very famous MC from Sacramento named Mahadi Bush. Mm-hmm. Um, shout, out shout out to Bush. He was man. on the show episode. I don't know, twenty something, twenty six. <laughs> Bro, he's, he's he's. I think he's one of the best MCs to ever come out of Sacramento. Sacramento, yeah. if not the best. Yeah. There's never been anybody that puts on Sacramento like Bush. So. He's getting stream numbers now too. Yeah, you know he's getting the love he deserves. So, yeah. but back then he was he was a hardcore b boy. He wasn't really rapping yet like that. Uh-huh. You know, I know he was he was rapping, but not Every like he is now. I see that woman. Yeah, yeah. He was doing that stuff. He was top rocking all that. Yeah. So I met him that night. We entered a two on two. We made it all the way to the finals against uh, Morris, B Boy Morris, mm-hmm. uh, Fallen Kings, and we went to a tiebreaker. And the judges said, "All right, you guys got to pick one person for each crew for one last round." So I went out against Morris, and he beat me. Uh-huh. So that, that was, was back when he was Orbit Documents. Too, that was right? also yeah. Morris's first jam he ever entered. Oh really? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days, actually, I think. That that put me in the game, though. That that night, um, I met everybody that night. And, and uh, like, Chris Smith from Lord's Gym was there that oh, night. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I need to get that guy on here. He did a lot for SAC. Yeah. And I don't know what he's up to now, but, yeah. He trained a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Peacemakers. Chaos Crew was there that night. Like, Kamsu, oh, yeah, yeah. Kamsu was judging that night, bro. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, 
that's some OG stuff. <laughs> that, was, that was old school. Yeah, I need to get I need to get some of these Sacktown OGs like on here because yeah. their story get, gets kind of forgotten a lot. I wish, man. Oh, I wish I could have got Gerald on here, man. Yeah, rest, rest in, in peace, peace Gerald. Man, yeah, rest yeah. in peace, Gerald, man. Yeah, there's a lot of talent and just like un, unsung heroes from out here. I think that just people forget about. Yeah, like know. Devious Crew. Devious Crew. For yeah, sure. man. When I was first coming up, before I got into Flexible Flav, like that's who we were looking at. Mm-hmm. My, my crew, like we all looked up to Kareem and John Carter and Foots, and Daniel, Chris, all them dudes. Mm-hmm. Man, they were just they were a, a step ahead of us. You know, yeah. they were older than us. We'd go to the Alpha Zone. Alphas. <laughs> it was like a club we could get in when we were 16, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was like the, the 18 and under club that you could go to. I, I've yeah. been to that one a couple times, and man, that place was terrible. But yeah. there's a lot of battles that got that popped off over there, for sure. That was the spot to go to, for sure. I remember, man, there's this... <laughs> I don't know if the, the, the DJ was just playing us or what, but he saw us break in one time. And then he's like, oh, this one goes out to all the B-boys out there. And then he played that song, Raspberry Parade. Oh, you know no. what I mean? Uh, what no. is that? Ch- Chaka Khan or something? That's yeah. Prince. That's, isn't that Prince? No. The kind you find in a second hand <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is Prince. Is it Prince? Yeah. Either way, it was a terrible fucking song. And they were playing it. This one goes to the B-boys. I was like, oh, God. Come on, dude. Please. Man, hey, Prince is the only dude out there can... Pull up with nail polish on and a perm and steal your girl, bro. Like, yeah. that's, that's Prince, you know? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it, but he does it. I don't know. He did it. He did it. He did it. That's him. He did it all. <laughs> um, so, I know you started as a, as a B-boy, um, but uh, eventually you got into popping, and now that's kind of the main thing you do. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that transition happened? Yeah, around 2004, I uh, suffered degenerative disc disease. I was lowering myself down to the ground to do a little simple six-step. And on the way down to the ground, about 50% down to the way there, I felt something just blow out in my back, man. Oh, shit. And uh, heat took over my whole body. And I, I didn't really walk for, like, for a couple months, bro. I was, like, bedridden. I was just watching blockbuster videos all day and on all kinds of pills doctors doctors were giving me and they were telling me I'd have to get surgery and I'd, I'd never break again, all kinds of stuff. And eventually I, I threw all those pills out and I found like like water therapy just through intuition. Oh. Yeah, I just started getting in the pool at 24-Hour Fitness and like just swimming around, jumping oh. up in there, doing like scissors with my legs, whatever I could for my own intuition. Sw- swimming is actually really exercise. good exercise. Like mm. it's kind of uh, low key uh, underrated. You know yeah. what I mean? That's why the boxers do it because yeah. it, you just do your whole body. Yeah, mm. you, you, yeah and you're you, not forcing your muscles. You're yeah. Taking that gravity off of your joints, off of your spine. Yeah, it's a lot less strenuous on your joints, but just such a good workout for sure. Like just doing a couple laps, dude. Man, you're like out of breath for reals. Like, it's like you ran a couple miles, you know what I mean? So. That, that truly healed me, that yeah. pool, just being going to that pool every day and then starting to get into yoga. I got heavy into yoga, and I mm. did about nine months straight. I'm talking every day hot yoga, nine months straight, and meditation every day, sometimes up to six hours a day of meditation. Holy shit. And at that time in my life, I wasn't really talking to nobody. Yeah. I okay. went through a breakup. You know what I mean? And I, I had found yoga, and it was it was a way for me to learn how to love myself again. It was a way for me to heal myself again, body, mind, and soul. And I had to do a lot of soul search, and I had to ask myself a lot of questions, which I still do today. It's good That's to ask good. yourself That's questions. Good. 
definitely good to ponder stuff. But yeah, that so you were like, <laughs> I, I guess, did that affect how you danced or were you even dancing at that time? Bro, so after the crazy thing was, is after I did all this swimming and aerobics, I went from being, you know, damn near paralyzed to coming back to b-boying. Yeah. And I was way stronger than I was before. Okay. You know, I was able to hold my freezes for longer. You became real Thor. Dude, I went to Thor mode, but that Thor mode only lasted for a couple months. Oh, okay. Because I wouldn't heal the same anymore. Oh. You know, it wasn't like being a nice, fresh spring chicken, like oh. being a young, young b-boy. You know, you go and do your thing. You get up the next morning, and you can't feel it. You're good. You're young. When you get older, man, you feel it, you know? Any, it catches up with you. For it that, catches yeah, up with you. Body. Any young b-boys listening to this right now, I probably just sound preachy, but man, Every, I'm trying to save you, man. Everyone old that Stretch. was breaking when they were young yeah. is going to tell you the same thing. It's like they wish they stretched more. They wish they didn't fucking, you know, do a coin drop off the freaking roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They didn't do the head spin on the freaking concrete. They're mm-hmm. going to, they'll tell you that for real. It's not, it's not just, you know, uh, it's not us just talking shit for sure. There are very few people that can sustain that kind of impact on their body through the years. Like, like Tiny Tim, oh. you know, like, yeah. I don't know how his body takes it. He's um, magical. He's magical. There's some magical people out there. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's. But he does body maintenance, you know, to stay strong I'm and, sure he and, does, and yeah. fit. But yeah, I wish I would have done a lot more of that uh, younger in my B-boy career. We used to just, you know, cram into a minivan, get down to L.A. Yeah. And win the jam, cram right, sleep on the floor in the hotel, and then cram real. right back in the van and get back home to work or, or whatever it. it was. Yeah. Pay for it later. There's just a lot of chronic things that build up in your body, and you don't even know it's a problem until it is a problem. And you go, oh, there's no way to fix this, really, other mm-hmm. than just maintain it and try not to let it get worse. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I... And when you're a kid, you don't eat healthy. You, all you eat is junk food. You don't. Yeah, so, you don't want man. to eat healthy so, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. It's, it was... Way different. Plus, going to road trips is like you hit McDonald's or something like that. So the older you get, you start realizing, hey, you got to take care of your body. Yeah, nutrition's been a huge part of my change, too, for sure. I wish I would have known about that a lot earlier. Uh, So when I healed from the... Back to my, my story I was telling you guys, when I healed back from my back injury... When I would break, I wouldn't. I wouldn't come back for a, for at least three or four days after a jam or something. I would feel it, man. It would really mm-hmm. hurt. So I decided, you know, this is not sustainable. I can't. I love this dance yeah. with all my heart, but it's just not sustainable for me to to do it the way I was moving forward. Mm. Uh, and so that's what got you into popping. Yeah, and I would kind of. I would still go to jams, and I would see dancers like Bionic Man, mm. Tommy Boy. Yeah. You know, the Bay Area poppers, you know, Machine Gun Funk, mm-hmm. uh, Boogaloo Pimp, mm-hmm. yep, you know, Boogaloo Pimp. Uh, just some really dope poppers. And I would see them and I I was never intimidated, though. I just felt like I can do that, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and eventually I started messing with it and I went and I learned from uh, like Sugar Pop, Pop and Pete, Boogaloo Sam. Uh, Mr. Wiggles, I went and took all their classes. I went and learned from Salah. Mm-hmm. I went and learned from Frantic. I've taken Frantic's class four oh, yeah. times. I, Rashad and Future and anybody who I was watching at the time, I decided I was going to go meet them. I was going to go learn from them. I was going to go study. From them. That's dope. Yeah, no. So you really reached out and got immersed into their world to, I don't know, to pick up some new skills and stuff. Each one to each yeah. one. Yeah, I really sure. wanted to to not just learn the movement, but uh, the culture. 
know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how, how is it actually, how's the, the popping culture different than the breaking culture? Oh man, it's way different. Uh, because popping culture comes from the West coast. Yeah. Comes yeah. from California. Breaking comes from East coast from New York. Yeah. They're um, fundamentally two different cultures that somehow kind of came together under hip hop, but I never really understood how that happened. And as I understand it, what popping came first, breaking came, and then it was kind of like, oh, we're kind of dancing to the similar music or something. So now it's hip hop. I, I don't know, dude. I just for reals don't know. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there for the for the yeah. intermingling of, of uh, the styles as far as uh, popping and breaking at that time. I think um, some good people to talk to would be like Money B yeah, yeah. from the they West Coast because he was an old school breaker, like sidewalk breakers before he yeah. was oh, yeah, yeah. even popping too. So he'll probably have some good information on that. I think that, um, like you said, it had a lot to do with the music, mm -hmm. bringing that's, people that's what together. I, was thinking too. I mean, and also it's just kind of like a uh, urban pover po poverty type of like thing that a lot of impoverished communities did. So it just yeah. seemed like they kind of went together once they started, you know, uh, came to a time when uh, a lot of different people were doing it. So, and I'm sure there was some dancers traveling out there, you know. That's true. Yeah. Uh, whether it was for a show or something like that, and so they eventually got to see what was going on mm -hmm. and tried to emulate it, and they kind of did their own thing, which is what happened here in the Bay Area. It all started from Boogaloo, mm -hmm. which is a dance that was developed in the late '60s in uh, East Oakland, mm -hmm. California, by the inner city youth. Mm -hmm. And this dance branched out all over the world and became strutting, popping, pop locking, you know, anything that you see going on with that, like the ticking, the waving, all that stuff. You can trace the roots all back from I can trace the roots all back to to Boogaloo. OK, what wasn't there a, another piece of popping that came from like the Fresno area? Yeah, that's yeah. electric boogaloo yeah. style. Electric boogaloo. Yeah, that's yeah. like that's like um, Sam and uh, Pete Wiggles. Okay. Like, Obviously, their, I don't know crew. shit about popping. <laughs> no, they're, they're um, they got their own thing. They got their own way of, of popping. You know, that's yeah. that's the beautiful thing about California is um, no matter where you go, whether it's down in L.A., you got people like Daryl Strokes and and um, No Bone Tyrone, and like they mm. just got their own style down there in L.A. Yeah, Scorpio. Yeah. They got this thing called bopping down there. Mm. And bopping's like a dancing robot. Okay. Right? And that was based off of Boogaloo, too. Okay. You know, because uh, this guy named Boo, his name was, yeah, his, na his name is Boo. He was coming down from Oakland down to L.A. And people were seeing him dance and trying to, like, you know, trying to copy him and wound up doing their own thing, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that sounds like it's very much in the essence of, like, uh, the late 90s early 2000s breaking culture where every little area had their own little thing and they, they would kind of like take from other sp spots and, and, and uh, build their own like style in that area mm -hmm. um, in breaking I know that it's kind of straying away from that a little bit do you see that happening in the popping scene as well yeah uh, but kind of converging to some universal style sort of we can we can uh, blame that on YouTube, I believe. Yeah, I think you know? so too. At least yeah. in the breaking scene, I don't know about the popping, but yeah, popping still has its culture, its own its own roots. Like within the crews, like I just went to the 40 year anniversary for Playboy's crew, which was okay. really cool in yeah. the Bay Area. So there's still things going on like that, and then B Boy, and you know, you still got like Underground Flow. They'll do their crew anniversary, so you still have your things here and there. But as a whole, it definitely has changed, like you said, and I mm -hmm. think it's because 
everybody is drawing on the same well of inspiration. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so if everybody's looking on YouTube what's, or whatever yeah. as the format. What's the hype thing that's on? No uh, one's creating. Yeah. No, no, on no one's media. creating. Exactly. Nobody's looking inside for their own format. Yeah, dude, turn the TV off and freaking like dance with your heart <laughs> instead of the TV. I yeah. I, I, I honestly stopped watching footage a long time ago. Just I'll watch a random battle like every, I don't know, every other month or something. And that's about it just the hype battle or something and everything else when i create is like i just felt like that is a better way of doing it now. yeah because you won't unconsciously bite something you just everything you're doing is coming from the inspiration around you you know what i mean or yeah. a feeling or a feeling yeah yeah. yeah 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 i think that's now the scene like you don't see no one contributing stuff more it's more like oh i like his style let me run with it i think that's what's missing like, even in the breaking and popping, too, you could see it. Like, everybody's like, okay, they're strutting. Let's do that. And But no one's trying to innovate some new style. Mm. And the so. thing is, is, like, very few people will actually come to the Bay Area and meet the people that are strutters. Very few people will come oh, yeah, yeah. and meet the East Oakland Because these, these, are all old, these are all old OGs and stuff that probably... Created that they're style. Not, well, yeah. but they're also probably not onto all the social media shit. So there it's, it's like to get the knowledge from them, you really got to go to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's at least what I've seen is a lot of the people that, um, I was influenced before really like social media was ever a thing. Those people don't fuck with social media at all. So really anyone who came after that wouldn't even know they exist. I think. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are still getting into the dance this day. So I always have to constantly remind myself of that, you know, when I, yeah, like it's, I think it's good that there's still some people, you know, like uh, shout out um, to Mr. Freeze. Like he's out there. Mm. Um, um, And so he, like, obviously he's an OG and like, he's, he's still in the, the social media world. So like people can reach out and get, I wish there was more of these OGs that actually had some more of a, uh, influence following like on social media so then you can actually go to them more it seems like it's harder nowadays you know yeah so. um you know i miss taking classes from ken swift yeah yeah he, he, he was probably the, still doesn't but yeah that guy's an incredible teacher man. uh-huh uh-huh yeah i he i remember he came out here once and i didn't i wasn't able to go I actually to went take to that his one. class yeah but it was really good yeah I know you're teaching. How about like, um, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I know. Yeah, man, I just started teaching again. I did a kids uh, hip hop workshop. So it was like two hours every morning working with the kids, which allowed me to create my first new routine in, in a few years, which was cool. I got to learn alongside the kids and I got better myself. Mm-hmm. And what do you think it's keeping you doing that? Like you've been doing it for so many years. What inspired you to, to keep doing this? Man, I, you know, that's something I ask myself all the time. <laughs> it's tough, right? Yeah. Yeah, I constantly have to check in. I constantly have to check into my purpose. Um, but it always comes back to just love. Like, I just love doing this. It just feels good. Like, when I hear that music, and if you put on Fatback Band right now, Money, I wouldn't even be able to sit in this chair right now. I'd probably knock your equipment over in here, bro. Like, and, he, and he's eight feet tall, so the house will come down, dude. You know, if you put one of them songs on, one of them old school funk songs on that, that gets my blood going, I I can't hold still. It's just in me, man. Has that ever, has like a song like that ever come on in a really awkward 
time and you just started dancing like you're at the bank trying to like cash a check and then you're just like this is my fucking jam and then, yeah and, and, and you <laughs> just like you're in your car and you're like oh i should really be paying attention to driving but i'm gonna start popping and fucking getting the accident i i do though but i'll keep it low-key i'll just kind of chill out like boom boom like a little bounce boom and then if somebody catches you and they're like oh then you're like oh yeah you might even a little neck roll or something you know he's over there trying to holler at a girl more. he's like hey what's up oh no this is my jam he just starts to dance turns around if you get your number <laughs> he just he's like putting his number in the phone and he's like no wait this is my jam and just drops the phone and just walks away and dance hey, man. Uh, girl's like come on man what's up if you make him laugh it's a, it's a good <laughs> intro man, you know that's uh, I went to go meet DJ Quick a few weeks ago. He came up here to Sacramento. He's an amazing producer. I love dancing oh, yeah, yeah. to his stuff. And waiting in line, you get in line, it's like this big U-shaped line to talk to, and there's some DJs over here. Uh-huh. And you could tell, like, everybody was nervous in line. They got their shoulders up high. I'm going to meet DJ Quick. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, like, looking at everybody. I'm like, man, this vibe is kind of kind of <laughs> off. So I just start dancing a little bit to the funk music and, uh-huh. like, caught eyes with some people online they're like oh oh yeah so by the time i got to the djs you know i'm getting <laughs> yeah, warmed they, up i get close to that speaker i started going off kurt <laughs> i started going off i started creeping around in a circle boom boom that's and i tight. looked over at dj quick's crew all of them were giving love man. that's tight yes yeah, so that's what it's about man i think a lot of times that we feel that nervousness uh about like dancing in public we just like let that go and just have fun and truly express ourselves. People can see you're having fun. Oh yeah, yeah. And then it's a good, you know what I've been vibe. telling people a lot that like the real the real dancers are the little kids because they don't have that fear. They just go like, oh, I like this song, or I don't even know this is a song. I just want to move around, and then somehow down the line they realize, oh, I shouldn't do this, and then they get scared of doing it, and then Bro. you become an adult, and now you're like, oh, should I do this? Of course you should. I mean probably don't do it when you're driving but you know like it's it's okay to do it you don't need to be worried like there should be no nervousness of doing it and it's weird that that becomes a part of literally every adult uh, uh life yeah i don't know well even when they ask you like they know you break and be like oh can you break and like that's that's like sometimes it's like sometimes i do want to break but sometimes i don't want to break but when you hear that song and that music just it the makes me- you get to that tells you. it taps you into that moment yeah yeah so and it's just, there's sometimes like you just hear that perfect song i remember I, I went to the store not that long ago and i just heard um um like a little a break like some little break and i call was, me maybe no <laughs> that's the jams you listen to no, no and, and i don't know it just made me want to break because it's it just that the sound and i think that we all have that feeling yeah 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 he's been doing it for so long I used to just pull over. I used to only listen to the radio in my truck because mm-hmm. I like the the surprise of you know getting some something unexpected. Mm. And so I'd always just put on put on the radio and drive. And if I heard a song I'd like, I'd pull over right there and put the camera up and start dancing, no matter where I was. Sack used to have that one radio station that was really tight. What was it? One hundred one point one, I think. One hundred one played old school jams. Now we got one called ninety seven point five. The Soul Station. The soul. I really like that one. Yeah, that's good. I gotta find all the new radio stations now that I'm back in sack. But yeah, no, I remember I would listen to that radio station religiously, and and they were always playing some dope songs. I was like, this is it. Did yeah. you guys listen to KDBS? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. I don't know. Yeah, this is. I guess the surprise of the radio is really cool. It's it's kind of like a DJ, really. You know, like um like a live DJ almost because you don't know what the fuck is gonna they're gonna play. Yep. Other than a commercial, which is annoying, but so it keeps you on your toes as a dancer for sure. Just like when you go enter an all style event, like man, I've I've sabotaged myself so many times with uh, all style events, just being like, man, I don't like this song or whatever. Um, it, but you know, I don't think that's. Is. I don't think that's sabotaging yourself, though. I think it's more like if you don't feel the song, you just don't feel the song, which is kind of one of the yeah. things that I don't like about competition battles is like if they play a wax song, like, you know, it's the battle's going to suffer from it. The dancers are going to suffer from it. And in a competitive world, I, I mean, I guess it's fair that both competitors are both needing to dance to that song, but I, it feels fake to me. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. if this was a cypher... And you were cypher battling, right? And the, the the DJ plays the bad song, you'd probably just be like, "Hold off on this one. Let's fucking wait till there's a good song and go." You know what I mean? I I uh I just don't want to be held back by the negative mindset because I already signed up yeah. for the battle. I'm already in it to win it anyways. At that point, so it's like I I just feel like I'm self sabotaging myself if I'm like. Oh, I don't like this music. You're just putting yourself in a well, negative place before you go out for your round. You yeah. know what I do when I get in that moment? I really like tap into it. I tap mm-hmm. into the moment. If I if I if I don't have that mindset when I'm battling someone and I hate this song, I'd be like, I'm living this moment. I gotta enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. And I really tap into that moment so I can enjoy the moment. But some b boys, I think they think about their moves so much, yeah. and they think about the song because they hate it. And it messes up the whole coordination of what they're trying to do. Mm. But I think you really got to just not think and just live it. it yeah, you, I think it. a lot yes. of it, for me at least, it comes from I'm expecting there to be like a certain song that comes next or something. And they play something else. And then I'm disappointed. And then I'm stuck there being disappointed when what I really need to do is once I'm once that happens, just go, OK, whatever. Now pick out a part of the song and go, OK, this is fun. And then just that's go with exactly that. What like, I do. really just take your time. I mean, th- that's what I've been trying to train myself to do more is just every time I step into a circle is just take a few seconds to just let the song like grow on you. Yeah. And before you do anything, you know, it just gets you more in the moment, you know. This episode of Noise of the Broke Boys is brought to you by Karen's Potato Salad. Do you yearn for the taste of delicious, creamy, buttery potatoes in a perfectly seasoned potato salad dish? Do you ever fall asleep at night dreaming of the rich, starchy texture of Aunt Rhonda's perfectly proportioned potato salad? Do you suddenly have an urge to call my manager to cancel me because you assume the race of my imaginary Aunt Rhonda, despite her racially ambiguous name, and are now jealous of her potato salad recipe? Well, I'm here to tell you you can breathe easy. Go ahead and hang up your phone give the police a day off from handling this important complaint. Head over to your nearest grocery store and purchase some of Aunt Rhonda's secret flavoring, sodium chloride. Use this secret flavor enhancer in all your future potato salad recipes and enjoy your salty meal, Karen. Just be careful not to be too salty. And now onto the show. And you know what I think they should do on the DJs? I think they always start the beat like quick. Oh, yeah, and start battling. I know there's yeah, a timer, like but it, the, the way a b-boy or a pop or anything, they have to fill it first to project it. 
And I think right away they put a damn song and then they want us to just jump in and get it. We have to fill it. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot. Uh, yeah. I, hate I, that, I mean, that's what happens. But I hate waiting too. That's and I what, hate waiting. That's competitive battles for you. But I mean, again, like I say that that shit's fake because it's, it's, it's trying to create a battle when the battle wasn't organic. You know what I mean? So you're going like, okay, well, yeah. you and you battle. Let's see what happens. Let's play this song. Organically, you two might have never, ever battled even, you know, especially to that song. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it, I, there's a there's an element of fakeness to it. And that's what I think people touch on when, when they talk about it. So I don't know. Yeah, the competitions are not real battles for sure. They're fake. They they're fake. Yeah, I mean, there's some. It's a contest. There's some that get that get uh, heated and those yeah, are kind heated. of real battles but like most of them yeah they're just fake like we can go back to some really good contests like uh, Lords of the Floor with when oh, yeah. K-Mel was pulling Pookie out the bag <laughs> you know what I mean like <laughs> reminding crumbs hitting oh, yeah, it, yeah. back yeah. then it was crazy right And um, but it was still a contest it wasn't like yeah. when they're battling in the hotel lobby uh huh. You yeah. Know, oh I mean, yeah. Yeah. It gets different. That was it the real, real battle. It gets yeah. real. That was the real there. Lords of the Floor battle. It's but I think it's because people had like arguments back then. It was more like, "Yo, I want to smoke you." Now everybody's cool with each other, so how, it's hard to find that feeling. Like you had to drive all the way to New York to go battle someone, and when they come to your town, what's the first thing you're gonna do? You're gonna call them out. Yeah. And I think now we have social media and we see all this thing, and it just it stops us to get that feeling. That we had back then yeah i feel like battles were different back then too because they weren't that contest vibe it was like you get in and blow somebody up real quick and get out like you prove your point you get out oh, and the round was a lot the shorter. round was shorter and more explosive and they might go you, 20 or 30 rounds in a so battle. so that's another thing i've i've been talking a lot about is actually is the length of rounds the only reason they're long now is because they've shortened the amount of time you have to battle because of the time that they are allotting for a contest, right? So they go, okay, this battle has to only be two rounds. So then they go, well, fuck, I need to throw everything in this round to win. And so they throw everything, their round becomes super long. But if you never had that restriction, if this was a battle in a circle, you just go 10 rounds then. You just go, you know, whatever, five rounds. Like, it doesn't matter. So then you do have the shorter rounds. So I do think the true essence of, of breaking is actually shorter rounds. And we only accommodated for a contest, and that's why you got longer rounds. And I'm not yeah. complaining about the long rounds. I think the long rounds are tight. You see some amazing stuff. It's elevated the dance a lot. But also, I do think that it it's it's birthed from something that was fake to begin with. You know what yeah. I mean? You get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because when you see short rounds, you notice what they're doing more. And when you do long rounds, you forget what they did in the beginning. Yeah. So it's hard to grasp everything. Yeah. A lot of times, back back in the it's day, it's not if answering you're, anymore. If you're yep, doing that in the answering. cipher, you're getting kicked out the cipher. <laughs> yeah. If you did a two minute round, yeah, they're like, mm, yeah, come, like, on, bro, buddy. come like, on, go over bro. there. Come on, dude. <laughs> what are you doing? Right exactly. Now? Everybody was so hungry to get in; they were foaming at the mouth. Yeah, yeah. You were lucky to hop in to get at the right second to lock, hop in that cipher. Uh huh. You know what? So that's something that I've been really toying with. Is like, how do you make competitions feel like it's more like that? Because I know people love competitions, and I don't want to say, oh, let's get rid of competitions, but I would love to see it be more um, of that essence, you know, like just raw circles, organic, but you can actually get like a prize for that. You know, you know what I thought? I, I thought those, like those those shark tanks are kind of OK, but they get too they, they get too stupid where like people are just like, I want to fucking 
go out and they're just pushing each other. I don't like that, but I think a lot of that has to do. Well, let me no, say one it, thing real it, quick: is the organizers yeah. throwing the jam because they're not allotting for the time for cipher time anymore. Yeah. Back then, it was like in between the the rounds or the brackets, it'd be a good maybe thirty minutes to cipher or whatever, or an mm. hour to cipher. Then they yeah. get back to the battle. It's not really like that no more. They just kind of boom, 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 kind of chop through it, keep it moving, yeah. have a very little time to decipher. And the cipher is only enough time for the judges to go talk about something. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like it's like makeup time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like filler time. Yeah, I wish the event was a little more um, uh, like organic where the, the DJ just plays and the DJ doesn't stop unless they're switching DJs or whatever. And the music just keeps going. Every song is fire. And the, like somehow the competition fits into that whole thing. But the premise is that the DJ does not stop. Like the music is always hype. Fucking, you know, there's not a crowd that's like, hey, get out of the way from the cameras. You know what I mean? Mm. All the, like if you're dancing, you're dancing. You know what I mean? Like, I think not, it's the same experience, you know, when you went a freestyle session. I don't know, uh, the one where gamblers battled Mighty Yeah, Zuma I was Kings. there. Yeah. There were so many ciphers everywhere. Yeah, that so was tight. I think if you make a concept of like everybody joins in but gets a number, right? And you call out whoever. There's going to be judges. There's going to be, I don't know. Seven ciphers around the whole jam has to be a big spot. And then everybody gets a number. Then you could call out whoever you want that has a number. And then judges should see the battle. And you don't have to be like, oh, I have to battle this guy. No, I'll go wherever I go. And mm. if I know he has a number, I could call him out. That's a cool concept. I, so I was thinking about this idea, actually. It's kind of like that, but you don't need judges. You just have the people that are competing. So in order to compete, you sign up. Um... And, you know, you get you, you get a name, you, you, you have like a tag or something on your shirt or whatever, but you just dance as if this is a regular, you know, event, whatever, dance event. You're at the club, whatever. You're just dancing. Um, and then at the end of the night, you vote for who you think was the best. You can't vote for yourself. You have to vote for someone else. Mm. Um, Ooh, I like and that. that's it. And the and the only time the only way you can get a vote is if you participated, meaning you came in. And you uh, were in, you know, in this circle dancing and stuff. And so you get to vote. So literally everybody gets to vote. You cannot vote for yourself. And that's it. And then the winner, maybe you have, you know, first place, second place, third place. And obviously the people that spark off some hype battles are probably going to be the ones that win or at least place pretty high. Mm. I, I mean, but it just seems like it, it simplifies it a lot. I mean, now you don't get you don't get this like OG experience in the, the judging. But I mean, are, are you losing a, a lot from that? Maybe. Yeah, I but don't it's know. hard. It's sure. hard because the person that entered has to be watching other battles, too, because he has. To well, yeah, but, but but you are not going to inherently dance the whole time. Like, let's say this is like two or three hours straight. Right. You there's no way you're going to dance the whole time. Also, if you're in a circle, there's going to be this guy coming out, this guy. You got to wait your turn anyways. You're seeing that stuff anyways. So you already know the people, at least in that group, that are killing it. So and you're going to vote for whoever you think is killing it. And now you got like 100 people or whatever. Let's say it's 100 people in there. There's four different ciphers that popped off. You're going to have a voting in each one. And then whoever got the most votes, then they win. I, I don't know. That's it's, pretty cool. It's just a wild see, ass idea. You know what I mean? I don't know. But but it feels like it'd be more like an actual uh, cipher. Uh, more, closer that. to like what an, uh, an actual dance event would be rather mm. than some tournament between some fake 
battle, you know. But saying there comes a kid that be like, no, I didn't lose. <laughs> well, that's why you got everybody. But so that's the whole but voting the, thing. But the thing is, is, is you can lose a battle if you have a hype battle and you just keep going rounds and rounds and rounds and rounds. Who cares who won the battle if you guys are killing it? You know what I mean? One one guy might think you won. The other guy might think the other guy won. And everybody just votes. And like for reals, it's just whoever was killing it the most wins. That's, that's, like, that's you know what, what I mean? it was you, about. You don't about need to lose a battle. Like, it, like yeah. we, 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 we're saying in this contest, oh, you got to win every single battle. But that doesn't necessarily matter. It's like, who killed who's it. Who's killing it? I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? I that's, don't pretty that's pretty I don't, dope. I, I was just thinking that it would simplify stuff a lot. And, and nowadays with like the... Um, like with cell phones and stuff, you can just download an app and then basically um, when you, you know, sign up for it, you could just, you know, put your name in the thing. And then at the end of the thing, you just type in who you think won from the list of people that were there. And you just say, this guy won. And so it's all like on an app or whatever. I don't know. That's, that's I'm a tech good. entrepreneur, motherfucker. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be cool to have some new formats. I really liked yeah. um, this jam I went to called The Abyss. Mm. It was a house house jam in the bay area and what they did is they had eight invited battle guests then they had people um i believe they had people do like a cipher to see who was like the top eight that day to get in to battle mm -hmm. the eight guests yeah and then from there on they were all judges so they all watched and uh like you said you can't vote for yourself so there was like 16 judges mm. and after the battle you write who you thought won put the name a piece of paper yeah. and they pass the hat around and they add it up real quick and see who won yeah i i, I like That's that cool. because i guess i'm looking back at like when battle like when breaking really first started and, and kept growing like what was it it was a circle and people are dancing in it and then a battle sparks off and then who judges it never in that whole thing was there any judge like specified judge it was literally the crowd just getting hyped and for some reason we were like oh we need these specific people saying we won or we lost and not these people but i'm like i really don't give a fuck mm. like you know what i mean it doesn't I, and, and obviously i'm not saying that i, I don't want to listen to ogs or anything or someone you know there's definitely people that i i uh want to hear um their feedback in terms of like them being judges but also like if it's just a battle and you're battling like I, I don't see the problem with having everybody give you, you know, give you a vote, right? Yeah. And you know when you lose to a battle, so. Exactly. Yeah, and the real yeah. battles, there are no judges. You know there are no there judges, exactly. No That's judges. what I'm saying. And so I'm trying to capture the essence of that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, I don't know. That's just my wild idea to maybe happen. I might. Do you got a memorable like battle? Like when you battle someone that like you. I have many memorable battles. Um, he battles the ceiling every day because he's like 20 <laughs> feet tall. <laughs> Um, You're a fool. <laughs> he battled the doorway. I battled this guy before. Yeah, uh, we battled a bunch of times. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one on one on one cream battle. Mm. Yeah. Damn, I forgot about that one. Yeah. I probably won though. No, I, I won the whole jam. Actually, I won oh, first you? place. Oh, yeah. Man, uh, there you yeah, go. You yeah. lost, buddy. You lost. Get a lose. How old was I? Was I in high school? No, I don't remember. I got Rodney. Catch that me day down. Too. Catch me huh? down. I got Rodney that day too. In the oh finals. yeah, actually, I do remember this jam. Yeah, you were beating yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah. you were kind of unstoppable. No, I was just not crashing. <laughs> <laughs> you were actually training. Yeah. <laughs> Break smarter, not harder. Somebody told me. You know, so. Well, you were hitting every beat too. There was like a, I don't know who who was DJing that day. Was it Chewy? 
I think it was probably yeah, Chewy. Tet was judging. No, Tet. Yeah, Tet was judging, but who's the DJ? I think it was Chewy. Okay. Um, I don't know, cause Chewy plays good music. So. Yeah, I I have a lot of memorable battles back in the day. Um, I think the cool thing about battling that I've learned recently is how it started in the Bay Area. It was never like I take a turn, you take a turn. I'm gonna sit back and watch you. Uh-huh. Like it, it developed organically, like at house parties. So let's oh, say yeah, yeah. we're all hanging out at the house party. We all paid our our dollar to get in, get our ticket, whatever. We got our lady with us. We're we're in there dancing, and we're doing our thing. And maybe I see. Livick across the floor, and he's with his lady. He got a nice brim hat on like mine, right? Mm. And he's dancing with his lady, and all of a sudden, I see Livick go like this. Mm, while he's dancing, doing a little neck roll. I'm like, what is he doing? That's a, that's a boogaloo <laughs> move. Hold on real quick. And so then we catch eyes, and I look back at him, and I'm like, mm. Neck roll <laughs> back at him. Now it's on, you know? And I was, I was like, he's breaking back from his lady. I'm breaking back from my girl. I'm like, hey, hold my jacket real quick. Or, well, you know, whatever. Take my wallet. You know, so you break off. And now me and Livick are going at each other at yeah. the same time. Mm-hmm. That's dope. And we're creeping at each other across the floor, looking at each other. Boom. Boom. Going at each other. And the first person to quit dancing coincides and then loses the battle. Yeah, yeah. That's, and it's that, over that's that how quick. it was. Yeah, and it's over as quick as if if I look at you and I call you out, boom, and I start coming at you across the dance floor and you don't do anything instantly, you already lost. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's nonstop. Yeah. That's how it was back in the day. They weren't you, they weren't waiting and taking you, no turns. But were, you knew when you lost. Like yeah. for real. It's like it, it, there wasn't you didn't need a judge, really. Mm-hmm. And that's, that I feel like And that's a different I wish feeling. there was that. Yeah. The crowd will let you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it is a different feeling when you're both going at the same time. Because even when you're breaking and he comes out and doing something and he jumps in front of you, it's a it's a it's a very intense feeling. Mm. So if you're saying that you you're not gonna stop, that's even more. Like when is he gonna stop? <laughs> I want to keep going. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So that that originated in. in yeah, that's that's like the way they were battling in, in Oakland, okay. and I think that. Coming back to b-boying, like that essence of that not going to stop feeling that happens in the raw battles that we're talking about short rounds going for 30 rounds because you know that guy is going to hop right back in and come back with some more fire. It's not going to be a contest battle of three rounds timed like I don't like, want to stop. Like, and then the the the, ju- the judge jumps in like, no, you have to stop. It takes the stop, essence out man. of the dance. It takes the self-expression out of the dance. Yeah. And so got- people come with these planned sets. We got to stop this fake battle so this other <laughs> fake battle can start. So please... You know, stop. <laughs> Go sit there, actually. <laughs> Go back to your seat, your assigned seat. Yeah. <laughs> what if there's assigned seats at jams? Fuck that shit. There's very few B-boys that actually, like, really, like, express themselves in the moment and don't just come with sets, you know? Uh, and, and there's a balance between that because, I mean, a lot of what every everything we're doing is a part of a set. It's a yeah. part of foundation or choreography. But you can see when somebody's really in the moment and expressing that music and... and yeah. Taking you on a journey. And I flowing. like Uzi Rock a lot. Uzi he, Rock, he, yeah. He just, I mean, he Bro. obviously has like sets and stuff, but it just comes out naturally. Like he's just having fun, man. That's I what know. I used to do. That's uh-huh. how I yeah, did myself I, as a b boy. It's like Uzi Rock. That's what. Yeah. I, that's how I used to rock, bro. Like yeah. I'm having fun. I'm expressing the music. I might not hit some air flares on you, mm-hmm. but everything I'm doing is going to be clean and it's going to be me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'd, I'd love to see that kind of come back more into the competitive world. And I, 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 I think it is inherently tied to having fake battle or not having fake battles anymore, you know? Mm. So 
I don't know. That's just my wild ideas that I think. I like Nasty Ray a lot, too. He's, oh, yeah, uh, he lives the moment. Yeah, he lives the moment for sure. I never know which way he's going to go. If he's going to pop up on his left hand or his right hand. or mm-hmm. He keeps me guessing when I'm watching him. Machine break. does that, Machine too. Keeps Machine keeps you guessing. Keeps you, guessing. you don't know which way he's going to spin or flip, turn. How fast he's going to go, how slow he's going to go. Yeah. It takes you on that journey. That's the hardest part to being a dancer, to be honest. I'm barely getting into that Philly, mm. where I just and I learned that from Remind, I from the studio Remind, yeah. practicing with them. It changed my whole perspective of how I dance now. Well, Remind's just, the goat. He is. Yes. So. I th- that, I honestly think he is. Um, yeah, and he lives that moment, and and that's that's what I'm trying to project now as I break. I just want to. I don't want to think no more. I just want to project. It's, it's crazy you bring him up too because out of everybody i feel like when i watch him dance he's like the most vulnerable like he really puts himself out there you yeah, see yeah. everything he, I, what i like about remind so much is that he's uh like he really just says fuck all this shit i'm just gonna dance and mm. throw it all out here and if you love it you love it if you hate it you hate it who cares mm. and he's still on his like he's there was a time when he was obviously like winning everything and then he came back with literally the same approach that he had before just throwing it all on out on the floor and he was still like winning jams like at 40 years old or whatever and like this to me shows shows me that he is the goat because he Mm. can just come out there and he he figured it out and it doesn't matter what shape his body is in at this moment, he's still throwing it out there and it dominates people. Yeah. I mean, I got fucking dominated by him in a battle because uh, it was that massive monkeys and we were we were doing good and then he just came out and just blew the shit up and I was like, oh, we lost. He's timeless. Oh, yeah. He's timeless. Timeless, yeah. for sure. Very timeless. He can still go 20, 30 rounds right now. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. yeah. Fire. Yeah, because that's what yeah. it is. It's about... But he doesn't need all this other shit. You know what I mean? No. He doesn't need to go and judge everything. He doesn't need to be the fucking number one guy on the scene. He doesn't need to go viral on uh, on uh, social media or anything. He's just there to dance, you know? So. And you see it every time he dances. Yeah. yeah. You could feel it. Like, you could honestly feel it. You know what's cool about that dude, too, is he's the only person I've seen take locking, hip-hop, house, breaking, popping... Put it all into one set and yeah, make yeah. it look but, clean. But, but you know who did that? His name is Rob. Um, and that's one of his teachers. Oh. And he's from he's from Stockton. And that's that's what that was his style too. If you see him, you see Remind. Wow. So, so that's that was his um, objective. Like he wanted to create his own style but with everything. He wanted a break, he wanted a pop, yeah. He wanted a house. And and you see that from Remind. So it, and that's what I learned from him too. He goes like, I remember he told me one day, he goes, I was dancing. And then he goes, live it. Come over here. He goes, I want you to make me feel what you're doing mm. when you move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I want you to do. And when he told me that, when Rob told me that, I was like, he, it, it was mind blowing. Because know, it's quit. the same thing. It's the same thing that remind us. Yeah. Mm. You know, remind too. Also, like, obviously a lot of people try to copy what he does, but they never get it right and i think it's because inherently he's not dancing with moves i mean he obviously is dancing with moves but that's not the essence of what he's doing he's like he's doing himself out there and like you literally can't copy it Mm. and he's probably one of the only people i can really point to that has is such a good example (coughs) of that where you literally cannot copy him because it's just fucking he 
like all he's throwing out is just energy from himself, you know. So I don't know. I got his paintings hanging in my house right now. I got three he's of them. He's a dope artist, yeah, and he can he's a sing dope too. Artist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's well rounded in terms of art. I think. Yeah, he knows everything. Yeah, man. yeah, he's a poet too. Shout out to Remind, man. Come on the podcast, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Remind, he's a... Yeah. He's way ahead of his time. So. He still is ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, so uh, I guess, I think I want to talk a little bit more um, about, like, how you, um, like... How do you use hip hop in your daily life, like outside of hip hop? Like, how has that changed the way you approach life? Well, I used to be really big into hip hop culture when I was more in, into breaking. Yeah. And I think after I found popping a boogaloo, I got way more into funk culture. Okay. I didn't realize uh, getting into it that there were, I think that's an answer to one of your earlier questions, too, is like, those two music, like the, the music really dictated the style, mm -hmm. right? And so popping didn't really come from hip hop. It came from funk. So we already yeah. had our culture yeah, uh, yeah, to yeah. West Coast funk music out here. So after I found that out, I kind of got deep into uh, funk music mm -hmm. and, and researching all the different bands and watching all the old concerts and understanding what it means to be on the one. And uh, that really changed things for me. Um, hip hop. I still love breaking. I'm always going to be a b-boy till the day I die. It's inside my soul. And one of my year, one of my goals this year, by the end of this year, is to get back to having 30 windmills. So I'm on the I'm on the road back right How now. How many can you do right now? Yeah, I can get about five right now. I can okay. get about five. Yeah, you'll get then you'll easily get there. Yeah. All it is is freaking just getting in the position and just going. I just gotta get my body yeah, it's, back. But it is tiring to do that many. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm actually curious more so like, you know, at your job or like whatever has, have you s found any benefits from hip hop in those worlds? Like, uh, let me think of an example. Like, um, you know, when you first met me, I was kind of an antisocial kind of kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And being in hip hop kind of branched me out of that. And now I'm not nearly like that anymore. And it's helped me a lot in my you know in my work career and it, it just in so many things in life i'm n i'm no okay. longer closed into a shell like has that ever helped you you see any things like that any benefits i see what you're saying now yeah. um you learn more on the dance floor about yourself that can carry over into other life situations than you would ever think possible yeah with exactly. some with some deep analyzation mm -hmm. starting with something as simple as how much room does somebody use up on the floor mm. in a cipher? Do they sit in one place mm. or do they come to the middle of the cipher and own their time? Mm. Do they use the whole circle? Do they only use half the circle and a little bit of the circle? Mm -hmm. Do they interact with the crowd? Do they look people in the eyes or are they looking at the ground? Mm. Or do they look up to the sky? Mm. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they make people laugh? Do they make people, you know, so it's like, through dance, you get to learn so much about your character. Uh, you get to build confidence, you know, because it, at first it's hard to get in that cipher, especially when you see some people going off doing something dope and you ain't really there yet. Mm -hmm. You're not as you're not on their level yet, but you want to dance and have fun. You want to get in that circle like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And there's a lot of courage that's involved with that, right? Yes. So you build a tremendous amount of courage, which will then, you know, carry on into other aspects of life. Maybe you've never been surfing before, Mm -hmm. but you'll develop the courage to go surfing through dancing. Maybe you won't have that courage without the dancing, stepping on that floor or skydiving or, um, you know, trying to talk to that hot girl or applying for a new job or whatever it is that is challenging to yourself. Through dance, you get to conquer your own demons. You get to conquer yourself. Mm, yeah, that's a good way of saying it. Yeah, because yeah. right? it's I've that all... fear, that fear that you get sometimes. Yes. And I think once you pass that, I think once you get on the floor, that fear goes away. It's like, and it's the same thing you use. I think I use everywhere I go. Like saying, if I have fear, that first thing that tapped to me when I wanted to go on the dance floor, it made me get to that mm. point to just let's go do it. So. Well, I think, you know what it is, is there's an inherent challenge in all of it. I mean, obviously, going into a circle is challenging because you need courage to do that. Being actually good at it is also very hard. It takes a lot of practice and lots of hard work, dedication. Um, And in a lot of things, I think people get scared of that and then they'll run away. But the thing about dance is like there's also something deep inside you inside your spirit that says hey this is something fun like let's do this thing Mm. so you do it's like deep inside you i think as a human you want to do it you want to be creative too there's like something deep inside you that wants to create and so it's like you do have this kind of addiction to it but then there's such a big challenge to it you have to put it you got to learn hard work to really get there and then once you do it it's so satisfying and i feel like going through that that whole journey is so important to you because you need to do that for everything in your life to get good at anything to you know to get the courage to like you know go to your boss and ask for a raise or whatever the hell like even apply for a job or whatever like you need to put in the hard work to get there and like breaking really teaches you that i think yeah yeah i don't know a a lot of times when we get into the dance we're shy and we're scared to get in the circle and we we come to dance as a place that we think is like a safe haven like where we can get away from competition. Like I, I'm here to express myself and be artistic. And But the, the bottom line is, is we all got here through competition. Mm-hmm. We were all the best swimmers. Mm. You feel me? And throughout this whole life, we're competing with the guy at our job to get the raise. We're competing with the other kids in school. This whole life is a competition, whether we like it or not. So when we begin to accept that uh, in the dance world too, it's like... You don't have to care about it and let it drive you, but it's there. You have to acknowledge that it's there. Yeah. But you, you know what I like the most that got me to that point is creativity, man. Mm. I think that's what I love mo- more about this dance. That's where anything. the that's where the competition really is. Yes, because you can compete against each other, but really it's you're competing inside your own mind exactly. to express right. yourself. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. when you come out and you do your own creative moves, I think that's that's what got me to I want to go get that job. Oh yeah, and yeah. pushing me because that creative side uh, made me uh, work my brain in a different way to think different, to view life different. So I think that cre- and I think a lot of people should use that creative state of mind to use it and approach it to life yeah. and approach it to dance because th- that's what makes you feel good. Yeah, it, it makes. Create. I think it also makes you mentally strong too. You know, with all with obviously like with creativity and just the hard work that takes, it just gives you some mental strength to get through hard times, which you obviously will have. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, at least that's what it's helped me a lot with, I think so. 
How about you in the creative side? Yeah, um, it's also helped me communicate oh, yeah. better because this is body language, right? Oh, yeah. So I can go to Africa. I can go to Sweden. I can go to France. I can go to Japan and have a full dance conversation with somebody and make somebody smile, laugh, cry, give me a hug, whatever it is, without sharing a word in between. Yeah, yeah. Ourselves. That's heavy. And so it's like dance is, is a language, and that's yeah. it goes back to what I was saying earlier with the deep analyzation. When you're in a cipher, you can kind of see who the confident people are and who the shy people are, who the funny people are, who the mm. class clown was. Mm. You feel me? You can you can see everybody's true character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in knowing that, it's then up to you as an artist to express yourself honestly and mm. show people your character. Honest expression. Yeah. Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yep. You know? He said it the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the hardest thing to be honest with yourself and yeah. express it. I loved his book, The Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Have you guys read it? Yeah, yeah I have it out there it. actually. Dude, I let somebody borrow it and never saw it again. Don't ever do that. <laughs> you, <laughs> could, you could still get it. I think the same thing happened, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, no, it's all over the place now. I love yeah, it's a great he, book. Yeah, it is. I love how he says, uh, take what's useful and leave what's leave not. behind yeah. what's not and create what's your own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, man. That's the philosophy you went by. And that's why martial art is an art. And that's why, you know, I mean, art is art. That's why art is art is because you're creating something from, you know, the things that you, you get inspiration from. That's why I look the way I do. I approach dance just like Bruce Lee approached fighting. I read that yeah, book. Yeah. Changed my life. That's why Same I went out with and me. learned Same from, from me. all these different people. And I have like when you see me dance, it's like, man, you're going to get a different flavor depending on that moment. Mm. You're not going to get the same thing every time. Yeah, and that's how it should be, though. You know, you're going to get some vanilla this time. You're going to get chocolate next time. You're going to get strawberry the next time. I got mint chip, too. I got <laughs> 31 flavors. You know? <laughs> Sometimes you get the doo-doo flavor. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's how it should be, you know? Um, I think it's important to have that arsenal as yeah. a dancer. Yeah. To have all those different flavors because you don't want to look repetitive or, you know, and, it, and even as just as an artist, it'll get boring to you. You're a complicated person. So the dance should also show that complexness of your. Yeah. Your, uh, yeah. Your, so I'm your inner soul. I like it all, man. I don't I don't discriminate. I love this body language. I love watching people from all over dance and uh, I get inspirations from all different walks of life, all different ages. I want to see your perspective on judging. How do you see, um, like when you judge someone, what's your perspective on that? Um, the first thing is connecting with the music. Because if you ain't connecting with the music, you're not dancing. Mm. So a really easy way to see if somebody's dope and a good on-beat dancer uh, it is to turn the music off. <laughs> so when I'm watching somebody's That's clip, crazy. if I turn the music off and they still look good, I'm like, yeah, they got rhythm. They got rhythm in their body because I could see it without the music mm. on. But if I turn the music off and I'm watching you dancing, it's, mm. and it's all over the place and there's no it's rhythm all structure, in the there's movement. There's no rhythm. And then I'm like, I can't feel you. And then I turn the music back on and yeah, you still look sporadic as, yeah. So uh, in the moment, I really look for people expressing that music in their body, primarily the beat mm -hmm. and not people just running off and chasing the words and chasing the horn. And so you always got to come back to the beat, the foundation, mm -hmm. right? 
or else yeah. you're not expressing that song. Exactly. Because that's the that's the foundation, the backbone of the song. But once you do that, then yeah, you can you can go out and feel the horns and and feel the everything else that's going on in that music. But without showing that backbone first, you got to show that rhythm first. Mm. You know. So that's what I look for. I look for rhythm. The second thing I look for after that, uh, I would say is uh, character. You know, um, I think that's missing a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. are trying to do too many moves, and they're not bringing them something different to the table. Yeah, yeah. Dial back the moves and dial up the character. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely feel like if you can't get an understanding of what um, how a person is uh, as a you know as a human from their dance, there's probably something missing that they're doing. You know what I mean? Like they're not. They're not truly tapping into the totalness of their, you know, what the art that they're trying to portray, you know. So, and then, then lastly, I would say I start to look at the technical things, like as far as yeah. like how good your tuts are and how clean your angles are and all that stuff. Um, anybody can train that, man. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it takes a lot to be vulnerable and really express yourself and, and show how you're feeling and tell a story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, Especially tell a story, man. Yeah, bro, my one of my teachers, Kearney Mayers. <sighs> there was this one time we we're in my truck chilling outside of the studio, getting ready to go in. Mm -hmm. You know, smoking a little J, doing our thing. I can say <laughs> it on the podcast. Um, so we're listening to some music in the car, and I put on a song, "Average White Band," "Cut the Cake." Uh -huh. Yeah, and Kearney. Proceeds to do a full boogaloo solo of him baking and cutting this imaginary <laughs> cake. That's Bro, crazy. he's whipping it up in the bowl. He's doing it all. He's putting it in the oven. He pulls it out. He cuts it into eight symmetrical pieces, puts it on a plate, takes a bite, then hands it to me. But the way he did it, everything was on beat. So everything was like, boom, boom, boom. Everything had that bounce, that feel, that mm. stop to it. Mm -hmm. And my eyes just shot out of my head my jaw dropped and i said oh that's what this dance is mm, baking cakes you can bake cakes <laughs> you can do anything i've also you seen Kearney. character you can bake yeah, you no, can that's, do thing. That's, that's the whole point bro i took him with me to the auto parts store next thing you know he's he's telling me about this whole theatrical show he's gotten ahead about uh full mechanical boogaloo show pumping up the carts Oh shit! Changing the wheel, like everything. This dude's but he's got a day job when he's kids. <laughs> he's a genius. <laughs> that's tight. That that's what that's what it's about. That's dude, exactly yeah, no, that a story. Yep. Yeah, yeah, telling know? a story. That's crazy. Yeah. So I got some moves like that. Like, like uh, I got a golf club. You know what I mean? I got the little things here and there. But you have to have your way of doing it. Uh -huh. Really swaggy and really nice, and very apparent that you're pulling out a golf club and that you're golfing. And in order to do that, you have to embody the character of a golfer. Yeah. Oh right? yeah, you got to put like the, the shorts minds. on and everything. People mm -hmm. that do that—that's the whole. Which means the way a golfer walks. Got to have that. Their hand gestures, their posture, the way they step up to that ball, the way they're holding it, the way they're looking at the ground, everything. Yeah, you so got to have means, that country club like swagger a little bit. Yeah. You, you're gonna have like to watch I got some a million golf in the bank. <laughs> Yo, you gotta watch some golf. You're gonna have to watch some golf and study it. <laughs> That's how animation started. Was people copying Sinbad and the Seven Seas? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason and the Argonauts, like the claymation from these original uh, uh, old school animations, and it's it's crazy. All these dancers nowadays. 
they R. call R. this to, dance to animation man oh yeah. dude yeah, this animation from uh amazing LA. yeah that guy was crazy yeah, absolutely amazing. but but a lot of what people are quote unquote calling an- animation today is not traditionally what animation was mm. 20 30 years ago now today people are just like moving through the geometry of their body like the tuts or the waves or whatever and they're glitching with it uh-huh. or they're ticking with it and they're playing with the timing to look like they're moving through a frame and they're calling that as animation mm. when i see my ogs do animation like charles powell mm-hmm. bro he looks like the movie yeah like the you know the cyclops in the movie he doesn't have feet like me and you so it's up on its hooves right uh-huh. So the whole time Chuck is animating, doing this character, he is up on the balls of his feet. His heels aren't touching the ground. He's yeah. walking around. He's making the sounds of the Cyclops. He's uh-huh. swinging that bat around. You know what I mean? Like, you really look like you're looking at the movie at this point. Oh, it doesn't yeah. look like you're just watching somebody dance. Yeah. It looks like you're watching theater at this point. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. And that only comes from studying that film over and over and watching it and watching yeah. it and watching it and being able to repeat what you're seeing. That's crazy, yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Matt, Matt Chad or how he does the robot? <laughs> that guy. You could tell he studied Man. everything. Yeah. Bro, he started off B-Boy in 2, bro. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was on Dance 360. I think he was at that Mighty yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. I think he was at that Mighty 4 Tag Jam too, right? Tag him in. Tag him in. Tag him in. They don't know like Head to head. Head to head. Oh, that's crazy. I used to come from, from school just to yeah, watch exactly. that. I did too. Just yeah. to no, watch I, that. I, I, oh, I, I would run home to see that. Tag him in. We should that. all not admit to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There were, oh, man. Well, shoot, dude, this has been a great conversation, man. Um, do you have any last things to say before we close up? Cut the cake? I mean, bake the cake. <laughs> bake the cake. Bake Do the some cake. yoga. Sur- surf yogi. I have been really into yoga lately. I've been coming back to that. Um, it's really helping me a lot. It helps you heal. Mm. If you're going through any difficulties in your life, whatever religion, whatever faith you're a part of, uh, yoga does not require you to believe in any certain God or to call God a certain name. Yoga is just very logical and very simple. And... Uh, it's just a way to bring union to your body, mind, and soul mm. and to elevate your life and, and make your life better. A lot of people just look at yoga in, on the, over here in America as like a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Yoga has so much to do with how you see yourself, what's going on inside your mind's eye, oh. how you treat people, your hygiene, how you care for your body. Um, your strength and your flexibility as well, but your ability, um, your ability to control your mind, ability to shut off your mind and meditate. All these things are yoga. Mm. So if you ask me, brushing your teeth is yoga. Mm. That's yeah. the way I've, I've come to view it. Anything that elevates your body, mind and soul that uplifts you is yoga. Hmm. It's kind of like meditation. That's what it sounds like it because yeah. you're in the state of yourself when you meditate. Obviously, you're not thinking about nothing. It depends what kind of meditation you do. But if you do a breathing meditation or you do a, a meditation where you just want to escape yourself and just look into yourself, I think. But with yoga, is different because you're moving your body, right? Mm. But you're seeing it more as like a living. I use everything that I do in yoga as myself. When you wake up, that's the, that's kind of how you project it or... or 
uh, yoga is like the art of life, the art of how you're living your life. Um, so is it kind of like meditation or is it, I don't know a lot about meditation it. is the chief aim of yoga. That's the goal of yoga. So yeah. all these physical postures developed from yogis that were trying to sit and meditate for longer than 30 minutes or an hour. And then, Oh, my back hurts. Oh, I can't, I got it. And then what happens is if your eyes are closed and you're trying to drift away from everything, that pain is keeping you there and it's not allowing you to get to where you need to be, to where you mm -hmm. want to be. So in order to get that full release, you have to be painless in the body. So these yogis started developing different ways to strengthen and lengthen their body. But for thousands of years, um, there was only a few postures of just, you know, laying on the ground or sitting on the ground. And these physical postures developed as a, a, a need to, to elevate the body, mind, and soul. Interesting. So kind of like breaking well, mixed with meditation. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're crazy. able to sit for eight hours, 10 hours, know that. you know, that's a really, really yeah, long cause time. Yeah, because when I meditate, I stay in one posture. I don't, sometimes I lay down. Mm. So I, I, I do different, but I don't, I never try to like the way you're saying. Like What trips me out too is that there's people that can, that are really good at meditating that have pain that doesn't go away, you know, or people that are stuck in like, like a wheelchair or something and they have the ability to, to meditate very deeply so it's all about your mind all about meditation to me is all about letting go of everything if i have something that i'm focusing on to me that's not meditation to me that's more like the law of attraction because i'm trying to pull something in that i have a focus on to me meditation is letting go of it all letting go of my my gender being a male or female letting go of my job letting go of my family my relationships my responsibilities, the fact that I have to eat, breathe, mm, piss, poop, shower, and just leaving Let it, it go. Letting it all go and melt you away. You do when you get Frozen. in the, when you get in a big state of meditation, you, you honestly forget about everything. Yeah. And it's crazy even when you open your eyes, everything feels love. It's it's a trip feeling. I don't know mm -hmm. if when when you do it, that's the way I feel. Yeah. When I meditate or I don't know. You know the Hoff, you know Hoffman technique. What he created. Wim Hof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you could use that. You could use a breathing technique if you want to try that. Bringing more oxygen in your body. So um, yeah, man, I love meditation. I recommend everyone to meditate. Yeah, I, I've uh, been doing some pranayama for years, which is like okay. the the art of breathing. There's a lot of different breathing exercises we can do to bring either yin or yang energy into our body or out of our body. Meaning we literally have the abilities to cool or heat our body in any moment, mm. depending on how we are breathing and how we're using our mind. And Wim Hof showed this. Yes, they hooked him up to uh, thermogenic cameras and he's able to go out in the snow and sit there and meditate and heat himself up in the middle of the snow. Mm -hmm. He's hiked the Himalayan mountains in a pair of shorts, a pair of board shorts like I'm wearing right now. So he's, he's proven uh, That's crazy. scientifically, scientifically yeah. like that the human body is able to do some pretty crazy things. Yeah. I think if you focus on one thing and you get on that state of mind, I think you could. Anything. Even like sometimes when I get a headache or my stomach hurts, all I do is meditate and it really goes away. Mm. I think your mind's powerful enough to understand your body. You're in that state. You're just focusing on that state. Mm. everything else goes away yeah. and the, the key thing is when we meditate we key in on our breath which is our number one source of prana Oxygen. of energy of of life 
for instance, how long can you go without food and still live? Exactly. How long can you go without water and still live? Versus how long can you go without oxygen and still live? It's our key source of, of life. And I don't, I don't know if I, I believe in these breathitarians I've been seeing around. I've been seeing that pop up. I don't know if I think that. I think they're maybe sneaking a meal at, at <laughs> midnight when nobody's watching or something. They just don't make no <laughs> that, sense to me. The real thing? You, yeah, man. There's people that yeah. claim to live only off of breath. Like, I've only been living that off of breath crazy. for two or three yeah. years. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, they don't drink water. And that's, yeah, that's crazy. That. And maybe it's a possibility. I don't know. But I think your mind, I think your body needs it. I think. Your mind could control a certain extent. I think anything in life has a certain yeah. extent, even the speed of light or even love or anything. So I don't think you could, if you don't drink water, you have to drink water, man. You have yeah. to drink something yeah. to give you oxygen. You, you need it. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I think they're, I think they're charlatans. It's, Char that, it's that Instagram, man. They're trying to yeah. go viral. So don't be a charlatan. Check out Surf Yogi. <laughs> Surf where, yeah. Actually, where can people find you? Oh, Instagram, just Surf Boogie. Surf Boogie. S-U-R-F-B-O-O-G-I-E. Or catch him at the next uh, popping competition or event. Yep, he's going to be judging. You could, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty sure. I'm judging a couple things coming up soon. I'm going to be really hard on all you guys. Be super judgmental. So. <laughs> <laughs> so get judged by the man Surf Yogi. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Yeah. Sorry, this show sucks. Woo.